What's up, y'all? Welcome back. The final episode of the series. Um, oh, what was the series title again? I honestly don't remember. Running the race. Running the race. There we go. Mm-hmm. So final episode um, is revolved around time and how we spend it. I am here with, once again, two great men in Asa and James. How have your guys' weeks been? Scale of one to ten. You got to give me one sentence. Why? The week has been great, although um, I've come down with some sort of illness. Mm. So I'm approaching today's discussion um, as sort of a flu game, but I'm excited to talk about what we're talking about today. Michael Jordan did have a great flu game, so... He did. That means you could potentially have a great podcast episode. We'll see if I can stack up against him. James, that was far more than one sentence, but we'll let that slide. Could have been a run-on. Anyways, go ahead, Asa. Semicolons. My week... It's been a 10. As my dad says, I've been doing better than I deserve. So, so I'll leave it at that. That's a wholesome. Wow. That wasn't a full sentence, though. Um. Anyways, so. Some semicolons in there is one sentence. Good point. Um. All right, y'all. That'd be a colon, but we'll move on. <laughs> That'd be a colon. Independent clause, maybe, maybe not. All right, so. The opening verse for today. Just kind of, for those listening to get their head on the right place. Ephesians 5. 15 through 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So first off, y'all, what do you think the point is as believers to using your time well? Word that comes to mind for me is service. And this has been something that I've been convicted of and confronted as of recently. I don't just mean serving in church. But I mean, daily, how are you using your life and and the theme of this episode, your time, to serve God? So that's what comes to mind. Okay. So service and the relation. Do you think the word service comes to mind as well because we as Christians are called to serve? Isn't, man, I always forget where this verse is, but um, he, Christ served, the one time about how Christ served us, so we ought to serve. Um, Before Christ came to serve, um, not to be served, I believe, something like that. Yeah, and it just kind of expresses that our mentality as people following Christ is that we should strive to serve every day, not just at church, like you said. James, you have any thoughts, though, on what the point is? Yeah, absolutely. You know, service is um, fundamentally an act of love. And, you know, we're called as Christians to love the world and love others as Christ has loved us, Um, not to um, sort of... um, be uh, like servants or um, supplicate ourselves to the world, but instead to to love it self selflessly and to give, not expecting anything in return, but um, just to serve for the act of serving because of what Christ has done for us. Nice. Yeah, I agree. So Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, who many of you listening have probably heard, states that, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before beforehand that we should walk in them. So that those verses in Ephesians bring to light that as people following Christ, we as it states in first Corinthians ten thirty one, should do all things for the glory of God. Now, how do you think um, 
we can overlook the significance of time in college and think, oh, it isn't maybe not a big deal, but um, we can overlook doing or using our time in a way, stewarding it in a way um, that is glorifying God. I think that we expect what's not promised and feel entitled to what's not ours. Wow. To impact that, right? We expect that tomorrow is going to be given to us when it might not be. We're in college. We expect that we're going to have a career afterwards. We expect we're going to have a family. We expect we're going to die old in our beds and in a comfortable way, but none of which is promised. And we feel entitled to the life that we have when our life is not ours. Now, I forgot what your question was entirely. How can we overlook the significance of time right. in college? So when we think, I think we think of our time, like we're entitled to tomorrow. We put yeah. off things. Right? We invest what we have right now because this is what's important. You know, the perspective like my faith will matter when I'm older, when I'm more mature. But now, you know, I can have fun, do what I want because I'm in a different season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel entitled to do that because we feel like our life is ours and truthfully we belong to God and he deserves everything we have to give to him. So it's easy to see that, you know, we are entitled to do what we want because we want it and we feel like we deserve it when truthfully, like we're not at the case we are living within the mercy of God. Yeah. The grace of God. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Asa, I completely agree that entitlement that you're describing is now so normalized in our culture in the West. And, um, additionally, you know, we live in now a very individual, individualistic society where, um, again, we are kind of thought of as, or encouraged to think of ourselves as our own gods and as the center of the universe. When in reality, we're but mere specks, just trying to please the one who has saved us and yeah. um, done, given, given everything that we have to us. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's so crazy to think about time. James said it before we even started recording. It's one thing you can never get back. You know, when you when you wake up, like every second, even the seconds now as we record, like we don't we don't get this time back. However, it's something that God has blessed everyone who is living today um, as we speak with, you know, whether you are a king, whether you're poor, whether you're working in college, whatever age, whatever time of life you are in, we are all given 24 hours a day. And I think that we can take that for granted. Like both of y'all said, um, I personally know that there are times where I've been felt entitled um, towards the time that I've been given. And I haven't had the correct attitude of, man, like by God's grace, I should glorify him and be intentional with how I steward my time today. Because sure, we don't know what's to come. We don't know what's going to happen a week from now or even tomorrow. But we do know that we have today and we should strive to um, use our time to pursue good works as a result of our salvation. Um, That should be what we strive for to glorify Christ and, and how we use our time, thus leading to good works. Um, which I've realized I kind of repeated myself twice there, but that's fine. Um, anyways, so all that now, how, well, you know, absolutely. And, um, when we don't use our time with intention, we fall into idleness. And when we're in this state of idleness or our mind starts to wander, we can no longer take our thoughts captive. And that's frequently when the enemy can come in and actually distract us Mm -hmm. and take our focus away from God. Um, and so it's really important, like Cameron, you were just saying now, to live each day with intention and to have a purpose behind 
what you're doing and make sure that purpose is devoted to the Lord and not to advance yourself merely in this world or appease others. Yeah. So now we will talk about, you know, how do you guys think we can steward our time? Well, because we've talked about the significance, ways in which we can overlook it as people following Christ. But now we obviously should address, you know, how we can steward our time. And first off, while y'all are thinking of that, um, I just want to address Proverbs and the book in the Old Testament and how it brings to light the problem of laziness and slothfulness. Actually, some scripture for those of y'all listening to sit on and think about Proverbs 22, 29, Proverbs 15, verse, ooh, I think I wrote 19, can't read my handwriting, and Proverbs 21, verses 25 through 26. Those um, four verses are four of many verses in the book of Proverbs that address the problem of laziness and slothfulness, which is something that when I was um, an early believer, I didn't value or I didn't think was a problem. And I know, James, you... One of those really stuck out to you, if you wouldn't mind saying yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Proverbs 22, um, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And the gift of, of work that God has given us allows us to not only um, become closer to him, but also to become closer to him in this world and also to advance ourselves in this world. And by advancing ourselves and putting ourselves in, in a position of, of, of higher status, we can then also serve those around us and better serve those who, who need to be served yeah. through our um, advancement in the world. Absolutely. Why you, Asa? Got any thoughts over there? There are two Proverbs. I can't think of the exact where they were, but one talks about slothfulness and how you know, with a person who rests when they shouldn't, like the roof can cave in. Um, check me on that. But that makes me think of how my own slothfulness can, you know, allow little little things to build up. Mm-hmm. The one thing TA says at Watermark, um, where we all go, mm. is that little holes sink big ships. Mm. Right? And that they do. And that can be in a lot of different categories. And the context usually talks about that with sin, but this can be the same thing with how you manage your time and what you value. And I like time can be in the same way, like, like sand that you can have in your hands, letting slip through your fingers, or you can value and treasure it and cup it, um, and not take it for granted. Hmm. Uh, when we're talking about like, how can it be easy to overlook the significance of time? I think just not treasuring what we have because we don't have the eternal perspective that God has to know how valuable our time is now, mm-hmm. but not for the things that we, I guess, intuitively think is valuable because think about the difference between our perspective and an elderly person who's on their deathbed. The thing that we say is important is drastically different from what they say is important because of their perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And now imagine how even more drastically different God's perspective is. Um, and Ecclesiastes 3.11 talks about um, how God has placed eternity in our heart, but also we have the inability to fathom eternity. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, we'll be getting into this a little bit more, but trying or grasping at trying to understand an eternal perspective is one thing that can keep us mindful of time. So we treasure it and don't waste it and recognize that what's important is not what we think 
but what God thinks is important, which is to love, glorify, and serve him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, some of you guys too, and there's something I used to do is when I would hear verses in the Old Testament, especially being younger, I used to think, oh, well, that's the Old Testament. You know, there were different things said back then um, compared to the New Testament. And while there is maybe a little truth to that, I will also bring up that even in the New Testament, second Thessalonians. Paul says in verses, oh, where does he say? Verses 10 through 12. He says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord. Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. So those verses, Paul brings to light. Here he sees a group of people being lazy, being slothful. And of course you should call them out, but what you what we as believers should do amongst each other is we should encourage those people who are being slothful and zeal to follow after Christ and we should remind them that our identity is in Christ. Right. And so, like I said earlier, you know, the reason why we should be encouraged to steward our time well is because we have been saved. We've been adopted into a covenantal love with God. And for that reason, that should motivate us to pursue good works. And like I said earlier, in order to do so, you have to steward your time well because no one pursues good works while being lazy and slothful. They just don't coincide. Um, it's at least it becomes a whole lot more difficult. Now, Asa, you touched on obviously, which we also brought up, and I believe the first episode of this series, um, an eternal perspective. And I completely agree. While it is hard for us to grasp eternity as finite people, as finite individuals, it's something that we can get a glimpse of, knowing that um, God is eternal. He has been here since the beginning and he'll be here till the end, right? And so um, what do you think, James, just to reiterate from the very first episode of this series, when you hear eternal perspective, how do you think that can apply to changing your view on your time each day? Well, you know, I think when you think of an eternal perspective, you really need to be mindful um, of, of how you're living each day and what actually motivates you um, to to perform the actions that you do each day. Um, when, you're th- when you have an internal perspective, your, your eyes are tor- turned towards the bigger picture. Your eyes are turned towards God. Mm. When you live each day, day by day, and for the things of this world, you aren't actually turned to what truly matters. You're turned to vanity. And so all the work that you do, and, or the lack thereof that you do, um, is, is not, not motivated by anything significant or anything of, of substance. And I think it's really important to note that um, we are called to work, and, but we are not called to work for man. We are called to work for God. And I love this verse. I say, I say this all the time, um, Colossians 3, 23. Um, but it's just so applicable to the situation. Um, what, with whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. And so by, by reminding yourself um, of, of the fact that we are not working on this earth just to you know, appease the people around us or appease ourselves with material value, we're working on this earth to serve the Lord and for a greater purpose more than just ourselves. And I think keeping that in mind really turns us towards the bigger picture and keeps us from um, 
from taking a motivation and, and things of this world and of vanity. Mm, I really love that. That, wow, that was really good. Um, it was all right. Yeah, man. I think James might be able to fit Colossians three twenty three into almost every episode. It's such a great verse. It's so it applicable. is. It is a great yeah. verse. But man, I mean, I think you went two for three on this series with getting that in there. Is that your favorite verse? I. It is. It's wow. in my Instagram bio. Actually, it mm. is in your Instagram. It is bio. in my Instagram bio. Yeah. That's Dang. how serious I'm about it. That's how serious he is. Yeah. He is a serious Christian, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, when there's that, yeah. a verse the bio in the verse. bio. I mean, that that says it all. It's a good indicator. Yeah. Typically, um, at least I'd hope it is. Yeah, go ahead and follow at James Hawes. Yeah. At, at James M Hawes. James M. What's yeah. your What's the M? Oh, Matthew. Matthew. Two Bible names. Can you believe that? Wow. That's just another test. Wait, Hawes is in the Bible. James and Matthew. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dang yeah. Now they kind of missed on Hollis there, but um, they did. Could have hit three of three. Yeah, it's a good point, Cameron. Yes, for you. Mm, for me. You know, we're talking about eternal perspective. Yeah. You just read a book on productivity and time, so I mean, I assume that you've got some understanding of all of this. What has been something that's helped and hindered you in your college walk to walk in a in eternal perspective. Yeah. So actually, hmm, talking to James about this yesterday, a realization I came to is the lack of structure I've had in my life, especially the last month or so, um, maybe a little longer, but especially the last month. And I don't remember which one of y'all said that, but, oh yes, Asa, it was you said, you know, uh, small holes sink big ships. And I do believe that a lack of structure and there were times where it would just be my, my work ethic would be in waves. I was telling this to James where there were some days where, you know, I, I would do hardly anything. It'd be like little ripples, you know, the tide coming in. Then there were other days it was just like a tsunami. Like I was just like in a cave doing work for days on end. And I realized that's just, it's not a healthy way of working. There is no rhyme, no rhythm to that. Now, that's not needless to say that you should be legalistic and have some schedule that maps out every minute of your day. But it made me realize that, wow, I am my work ethic is so unhealthy. And as a result, I have fallen into sin or um, because of my laziness and my sporadic mentality towards academics or my health or other things. And so in the realm of Actually, what I realized today, I was sitting at a coffee shop, and oh, where are you now? And so I was um, sitting at a coffee shop today, White Rock Coffee. You know, only the best in probably the university area. I don't it's know if staple. Ace agrees, but it is a staple. staple. Call it the White Rock Library because mm-hmm. of the work I do there. But I was sitting there today, just thinking about the ways I've used my time, and um, I was actually reminded of um, the fact that I should have an eternal perspective and. Truthfully, the last month I've been trying to place too much um, validation in either my friendships or my grades in school and things like that. And as a result, it was all very fleeting when things didn't go my way. I um, would just kind of, quote unquote, break down in a sense and just become like very flustered and just... uh, wishy-washy in my faith during those times of difficulty. And then it would be like I was riding a high when all those things were going well. And so even today, as I was sitting there, I was reading First Peter, and it's a call to be holy. 
And he says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on, on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And that verse just brought me joy because I realized that for the last month, I've been ignorant. I've been, put my values in things that are fleeting, things that are vanity, Whereas I should have been putting my joy in Christ and, um, you know, all that to sum up, I realize I've been ranting for a little bit to sum up, um, all of that. I realized the importance of, again, finding my identity in Christ and it should bring an inexpressible joy in how you pursue each day. You shouldn't, um, let time slip through your fingers like sand. You should treasure. And that's something that, I hope to be doing. And for those listening, I hope you do that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I think that if that's one thing we want to leave this with is that, that whenever you do feel like you're in those slumps, that you don't feel like you identify with those adjectives you use, like ignorance and like that you are slothful, that you are lazy, that you are worthless. Cause it can be easy to feel like that when you feel like you're not measuring up to what, um, God has, God has called us to. Yeah. Um, but also, no matter how many verses we throw at you and how many, I guess, convincing tips we can give you, the only thing that will motivate and compel you to live your life diligently for the Lord and to spend your time well to honor Him is because you love Him for yourself and you have that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like Ephesians 2 8 through 10 says, we've been saved through, by grace, by grace through faith. faith. Right, and it's not our undoing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely! Wow, that was a lot of fun. Y'all got any final things to say? Any final encouraging words for our millions of listeners? Maybe not millions. That'd be pretty sick, though. Y'all pretty much covered it. Though. Love the Lord more than you love the world. Hmm. I like that. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, have a good week for those of you guys listening. God bless.